Anyway, let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter 1, and we're not going to read all, but chapter 1, I mean ch chapter 10 of Hebrews in verse 1. It's going to be on the board, and um, I want us, can, can we just stand to read this? I know you've been standing a long time, but it's, can you read it with me? Hebrews 10, verse 1 through 10. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach a perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, for the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, To do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings, and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to you to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that we will have sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. I want to talk to you on the subject of taking second taking second. Or in another way, I'll have seconds. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Bless this word. Let it become rhema and revelatory to us. Anoint our minds we may understand, our ears we may hear, our heart we may receive. Lord, let your people see past me and at the cross. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. In the society that uh, we live in, um, we are always striving to be first. True? You know, uh, sports is a big deal in Texas. I mean, it's a big deal. All right? Youth sports is a big deal. Parents pay a lot of money to have their sports, to go uh, and play sports and, and have the best coaches. How I know? Because I live that experience through my kids. Um, there's always more practice. There's always, and, and everybody is striving to be first. Uh, um, everybody uh, wants to be the best. Uh, um, you know, there's an old, uh, there's a movie. I remember uh, a funny movie, uh, a comedy says, if you're not first, you're last. Right? If you're not first, you're last. Nobody wants to be second. But yet Jesus comes on the scene and he says to people, he says that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And, and we read again here in the Bible, it says, then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He's talking about Jesus. He says, he takes away the first that he may establish the second. But I thought that in this society we live in, that if you're second, you're last. If you're not first, you're last. And nobody wants to be second. Nobody wants to wait in line. We always want to be the first in line. Uh, we, it's hard for us to give our way, you know, especially uh, when you uh, have been waiting or you're hungry. You, you don't want to wait in line to get your food. You want it to be first. Get first in line. You eat first. You ever see a buffet line at a wedding? <laughs> Right. Um, you always want to be the guy or the, the person that sits to the closest to the buffet because, you know, after especially if you ever been to an Asian wedding, it's like they have to introduce everybody. And, and every Asian family's got like 100 kids. 
And then if grandma uh, and second and third cousins, they've got, you know, they've got to introduce everybody. And you know how we agents are. We say that everything starts at five, but nobody shows up until six. You know, uh, they have rubber bands for watches, as we say. And so everybody wants to be first. Um, but, you know, God says that if, if, if you are uh, a first, you're going to be last. But if you are willing to lay down something, you're going to be first. And yet, here is a very uh, funny thing that uh, we often, because it goes against everything that we believe in this society. We want to be first. We want our kids to graduate first. We want our kids to go to the best schools because we see best as first. I remember my daughter playing soccer and her team didn't really win anything, but yet everybody got a medal. And she said, Daddy, I don't even want this medal. And she was seven years old. And I said, why? She said, because we didn't win anything. It was just a participation medal. It wouldn't have mattered if we went first, second, or last. Everybody got the same medal. But yet Jesus says that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So I want you to follow with me. You know, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. And it's so the first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first. But the natural and afterward, the supernatural or the spiritual. Oftentimes, I want to leave you with this today. Is it's all in the things of God, it's better to be taking seconds. I'm going to tell you why. Because the first indication in our life, because we are carnal, we want to do things by our carnal ability. You see, that's why uh, uh, we have the saying, uh, uh, what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. Okay? Uh, oftentimes we see as children, uh, uh, we always teach them uh, the saying, sharing is caring. But uh, when you see a child play with their toy and they have people or guests come over, they are always grabbing and say to, my, uh, to that uh, guest, that's mine. And we say, no, baby, you got to share because there are guests. They said, okay, reluctantly. Because why? The first indication in their flesh is that's mine. And as a Christian, we always are interested first because our flesh is always about me, myself, and I. And so when we get married, we see the people or we see the man and, his, uh, uh, and the woman being married in holy uh, matrimony. And they would stand before God because I've done enough weddings and say, I will love you like my own until they are married for five, six years. And then their, their, their first indication is, she, if I would treat her better if she would treat me better. See, because the first indication is always about our fleshly comfort, and it's never about the sacrifices for a better good. But yet Jesus comes and says what? He goes, I'm willing to lay down my life so that you can have an everlasting life. Oh, see. And so oftentimes we come and we always want to be first. I want to fulfill my flesh first. Oh, if that person looked at me wrong, I'm going to look at them wrong. Because we always want to move in our flesh first. But today I want to uh, uh, suggest to you that it's better to take second. 
It's better to live by the spiritual realm of your life because the Bible says that the first man might have life being in him, but the second Adam, which is through Jesus Christ, he has the spiritual life giving. And brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, you cannot live this life in the flesh because the flesh, the Bible says, carnal, carnality or the flesh things of, uh, of this life would lead to one thing and it leads you to death. I want to suggest to you that oftentimes we want to be first, but it's better in the spirit to take second. Because the first thing in our life is we want to think carnal. If he, oh, if he, if he comes against me, I'm going to come against you. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But Jesus says that if somebody hits you on the one cheek, turn the other cheek. If somebody wants uh, uh, to go, you to go with him, then go with him the extra mile. Uh, God even says to take off the cloak and give it to him. How many times uh, are we willing to lay down our own comfort in the flesh for the sacrifices of others? It's, oh, I'm right and you're wrong. Even in the political climate that we are in, I have a friend of mine here in South Texas, and uh, uh, not too far from here. He, he says that some of us need to be baptized uh, by the baptism of the love of Christ. It's because can we stand in the midst of somebody that is politically uh, uh, against us and still love them? Brothers and sisters, oftentimes we want to talk about first. But the reality is, we need to come second. That's why the Bible says that to prefer your brethren over yourself. That it's better uh, to, to help others first. That's why Jesus says, the word of God says, it's better to give than to receive. Because when you're giving, you're giving, you're worried and more concerned about someone else than yourself. That's why we always teach children, sharing is caring. We know that that toy belongs to them. But if we are trying to teach them, it's not the toy. We are trying to teach them, it's better to be second. Because when you are second, that means you are loving and caring. That's why uh, marriages work when we are willing to die to ourselves and prefer our spouse over ourselves first. That's why Christianity uh, works in Christ is because he loved us while we were yet in sin. He died for us. Wait a minute. He could have just said, you know what, you're a bunch of sinners. You deserve some hell. He could have said that, but he said that while we, you were yet in your sin, I loved you enough to prefer you and willing to die for you so that you don't have to go to hell, that you can go to heaven. Isn't that beautiful? That, uh, you know what's the beauty is uh, when you see someone willing to uh, uh, be last so someone else can be first. Uh, when someone is willing to lay down their comfort to be first. Uh, how many times we've seen mothers that their children are hungry, and they're hungry too. But how many of you see mothers would give their food, a plate, a plate of food to their children, and they would wait? That is the epitome of taking second. I'll wait. I want my daughter, my son to eat first. You know, that's not true in every society. 
It's not true in every society because usually in some societies, and I have to admit, the culture I grew up in, it's like the adults eat first and the kids are regulated. <laughs> they, it's true, they get the best food because they're older. And then when I came to Christ, I was kind of happy because the first shall be last. <laughs> when I was young, I said, hallelujah. Jesus says the first shall be last. And, and so we have to understand that self-sacrifice is what God is talking about. That when we live in our flesh and we determine and make decisions about our flesh first, that this, this thing, because our wants first, our desires first. Uh, uh, I've been wrong, so you've, uh, I'm going to wrong them. They don't uh, deserve to be forgiven because they wronged me. Uh, oh, pastor, you made me mad because you stepped on my toes and I don't want to talk to you anymore. I've, I've had that. But if they really know me, then they know that when everybody else falls, I'll be standing right by them. You see, the thing is, we often make decisions by the fleshly thought process of our life. What's in it for me? Well, uh, I, I, in leadership, it's very difficult. You know, I, I've been in the corporate world, and, and uh, people say, well, I, I lead great uh, businesses or whatever. And I say, try to lead people that don't get paid. You ask them to do something, uh, spend their time, and sacrifice their effort and talent. They don't get any money. And you're getting them to do something they normally don't do, right, on weekends. <laughs> now, and all you have to motivate them is <laughs> this God that's invisible. <laughs> because the Bible says, how can you love your brother that you see? How can you say you love God you don't see and don't love your brother you do see? And the only thing that we have that motivate each other, I, I just love you. <laughs> Try it on weekends. Right? And that's all we have to motivate you is the word of God and love. And the, the, why? And it's not just because, it's because why? People who love God always put their flesh down and their spirit and they're willing to say you know what I'm willing to take second I'm willing to put back what I want so that we can accomplish what God has for our life Amen. see a, a great husband or a great man uh, I'm talking about males a great man is not really the head of the home only but he's actually the foundation of his family because without the foundation of the family, everything that you build upon a house will crash. But the foundation, nobody likes to see. And the foundation, everybody steps on. And the foundation, everybody spills stuff on and drop things on and get stepped on and stomped on. And dirty shoes are walking on the foundation. But without the foundation, the house will not stand. So you better get ready, brothers who are married. You better be ready to get walked on and stepped on and nobody give you the credit. But if you were to crack under pressure, everything that God has put upon your life will fall apart. Oh, that, you know, see, y'all not ready for me today. I'm ready for you today. See, they most of us make decisions, and I do it too. I get angry. And I make decisions out of emotional need to have people validate who I am in Christ. 
See, what oftentimes now with the social media, we, 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 we get to see a glimpse of people's lives. And, and I remember there was a time where I just quit all social media. And people said, you don't post nothing, Pastor. I said, I know. I, I got depressed looking at y'all. <laughs> because y'all were world traveling. I wasn't doing anything. Right. And you get and they got these, you know, and they, and they always put on the most beautiful and most people give you the beauty, but they don't tell you the ugly. Right. Uh, when uh, when people come and they, they put the ladies in the wedding dress and the men in tuxedos. But the reality is that's just a glimpse of your life. But for a half a second. But your life is more than that. It's deeper than that. There is authenticity in that. And that there is sacrifice and compromise and tears and, 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 and things that you have to pay a price for to keep your family together. There are things in our life that we have to take second. I have to teach my kids that you have to wait your turn because people that are loving people have to wait our turn because it's not easy to take second not when you have an opportunity to be first think about it think about it it's easy to have what's mine and if you don't want yours I'll take that too but that's the world we live in it's all about me can't you see me did you see me on Instagram, girl? <laughs> I was rocking it. But that's how we are. It's a me. And anytime we draw me to ourselves, every time we put the spotlight on us and not the Christ that lives in us, we will fail. Because the Bible says that things of the flesh will lead to one thing. It leads to death. Look at the world that we live in today. For you to get any attention, you've got to be more freakish. You've got to be more wild. You've got to do things that normally you wouldn't do just to get attention. Because when you're in the me now, and I'm not against social media, I use it. But I really believe that it's a great a tool for greater things than just me. It's cool. I'm glad because I get to meet my cousins. I get to meet my family and I get to kind of follow through. But what I realize is those are just glimpses of a second of a moment of life and that it's not about that only. It's about real relationships with real people that sits in this room. Sometimes we want to be first, but it's better to take second. How about decisions we make in life? Are the decisions we making in life more spiritual or more carnal? Is it about immediate satisfaction or is it about someone else to help them get better and become better? You know, I, I got a chance and you can, I'm always learning, reading, watching, listening. I watched a um, little clip and from a very uh, famous a comedian named Steve Harvey. And he said that when he had a lot of flack from, from uh, people of his culture, because he had gone up and visited the soon-to-be president, which we have now today, and what they talked about, and he says, what can I help you with? And he said, I have this plan 
called the vision plan and I wanted you to see if I can get some money from HUD and, 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 and take the schools that have been shut down in the inner city and refurb them, re-renovate -re them, and then bring in a vision and begin to teach children, boys and girls, uh, uh, about uh, life skills, life strategies, and then bring in their parents to teach their parents about financial uh, 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 strategies and investment and how to save and just life skills, you know? And they began to do that, but he had to take some flag. And, and what I realize is, brothers and sisters, that somebody has to take second and get beat on before God can establish. Jesus himself had to be the second Adam to have the pain in his flesh so that we can experience the freedom that we have in the spirit today. Amen. See, somebody have to. Somebody has to be the one to take second. Somebody has to be the one uh, that is not always about the glitz and the glamour. Somebody has to be the one that said, you know what, I love you so much, I am willing to take second. That I would prefer you before me. Could you imagine our world, our nation would be like that? That everybody would prefer someone else before them? Oh my goodness. We teach our children that all the time. And children see no color. The Bible says that when Jesus was teaching and people were hungry, 5,000 men, that's hungry. You, you imagine a man that's really hungry? how much he can eat. Multiply that by 5,000, plus the women and the children. And Jesus tells the disciples, go and, you know what they told the Jesus? They said, Lord, the Lord, Lord, uh, it's been a long day. Uh, you need to shoo these people away so we can go get what's ours. We need, to, we need sustenance. And Jesus said, no, I, I can't just leave them because they're going to die. And the disciples says, we don't have enough money or food to feed these kinds of people. And the Lord says, no, 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 you need to give them to eat. And he said, Lord, a year's wages won't have enough to feed this. And of all the things, the Lord says, go and see what you have. Of all of it, though, not, not, now I can imagine in myself, I'm thinking to myself, there is no other person besides a little boy that's willing to give five loaves and two fish? Really? In a crowd of 10,000 people? You know, now I used to travel, when we were younger, we couldn't afford to fly. So my mother and my sisters, we all packed up in a car from Wisconsin. And we'd drive all the way to Houston to visit my eldest sister. And remember that green gremlin we had? Now Amanda's laughing. We had this, and it would take us about 20-something hours, right? And the one thing that I can guarantee when we travel that kind of trip, is my mom's got something packed for food. <laughs> right? I mean, mama's always, you go to my sister's house, we go into the beach, she's got a, a smorgasbord of food. Right? So I can't imagine that of 10,000 people, that just this one boy he just had five loaves and two fish that he was willing to give. Think about it. It's because. That boy had a childlike faith to say, God, I don't know what I, mine might not be much. But I'm willing to take second so others can be first.
You see, you have to understand, when we get older as adults, we, we not like a child. A child, when they feel the love, they feel the need, they just give. They don't think about the color. They don't think about the culture. They don't analyze and critique. We sit there and say, why should I do it? I'm going to go hungry. Look at all these people. This is my food. You know that's what we do. Because every time we ask for something, why should I do it? What's in it for me? Uh, what if I get hurt? I don't have, I've got work. How come? How come, Pastor? Could you get somebody else? But a child's willing saying, I'll go. And you can have mine, and I'll take second. See, childlike faith knows that, the, that what they have won't be enough for them either. But if they would give into the hands of God, he'll multiply what that little thing, and he'll make it into a miracle. Some of us need a miracle in our life so we can have a testimony to give to generations to come. See, God is more than just you and I now. He is about the, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Because every time you listen to God speak, he always speaks in three generations. He always talks about God of Abraham. He always talks about the God of Isaac. And he always are ready to deal with the God of Jacob and the children. That's why we, when we see that the children of Israel went from being slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years, when he took them out, he, he dealt with the generation of Moses that died in the wilderness. And then he, he says, you know what? Now I have to deal with the generation of Joshua that's going to lead the children that were born in the wilderness. So he was dealing with three generations. And oftentimes all we think about is this generation. What legacy are we leaving? The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I'm worried about that for myself because I don't want for my spiritual heritage to stop at me. I want it to go for a thousand generations. It should bother us that we're losing our children. It should bother us that we're losing our generation. It should bother us. It's because we're trying to get ours. I'm going to get mine, bro. Forget everybody else. I'm going to get mine. And then what? Somebody's got to take the lumps. Somebody's got to take the ridicule. Somebody's got to be a pioneer. Somebody's got to break through. Somebody's got to do something nobody else believes that you'll do. Somebody's got to believe. Somebody's got to do. Are you willing to take second? Are you willing to lay down your own wants and your own will and say, God, look at what it, the word says in verse 9. Then he said, behold, I come to do your will. Oh, God. Because it's not, what did Jesus say? It's not my will be done, but thine be done. See, are you willing to take second? Are you willing to say, you know, I'm going to lay down my own and so that someone else could get blessed? Sometimes just showing up. Some, did you know that your presence is more important than your words? It's, it's true. Your presence. Did you know that there's people that's depending on you to be present in their life? That maybe your smiling ways, maybe your goodness, maybe your handshake, maybe your hug. I remember coming through a church and, and you know, um, when we were young, we really didn't really hug all that much. It might be a cultural thing, but I, I remember going to church and these big elderly women would come and I was a little skinny guy and they would give me this hug, this bear hug. 
And you know, I was a little guy, I didn't know what to do. But these, these church mothers would just hug this little boy in a way. I, I was a little older than that. But every time they look at me, I was like, I was very young compared to them. They were all grandmothers and they would just hug me. You know, and, and I, I, I miss that from them. And I remember during that time where I was going through, trying to find the identity of a young man living and trying to be the one for God. You know what? Sometimes your presence is needed, even if you don't know it, even if you don't feel it, even if nobody says anything. If you just be there, people notice. Just be present. Sometimes taking second means, you know what? I don't feel like it. Because your flesh says you don't feel like it. But taking second says, I'm going. Because it doesn't matter what I feel like. You know, when a child takes his toy from a guest, he might not feel like giving and sharing. But what do we do as a good parent? We make them. Doesn't matter how you feel, baby. They're our guests. Right? And old mothers would really make us feel when we when they were gone I used to feel it for about a week when I don't share you see because why because true love is about referring preferring others before ourselves true love would say you know what I'm gonna lay down my own anger and my own whatever my own ain'ts my own guardian my own self-preservation to say I love you enough to allow you to have this to forgive you there's sometimes that we hold on to unforgiveness because we've been wronged and I, I I don't minimize that there are a lot of people that have done many of us wrong fathers mothers friends backstabbing Husbands, wives, whatever it may be, they've wronged, and there's no doubt about that. And God has a, a, a way to deal with them. But you know what God wants you to do? Is say, will you willing to take second and forgive them? Forgive them. Because why? When you forgive them, then I can come in and bless you so that you can move forward into the purpose and the destiny I have. Then you can walk that life of giving spiritual living to other people. Who wants to be around a bitter old person? Nobody. Or a young person. Who wants to be around a person that's always spewing anger? Uh, who wants to be around a person that's always spiteful? No. It's because why? Nobody likes it. But when we are willing to take second and say, you know what, I forgive those that hurt me. That's the hardest thing sometimes when you've been abused, sometimes when you've been in pain, sometimes when you still feel every time you breathe that you still feel like something is stuck between your, uh, your chest and it just in pain and you can't get. And I know that's why it takes faith to say, Lord, help me. I forgive. Taking second is not always easy. But I tell you, it's always rewarding. When you prefer others before yourself, it's always rewarding. It's always rewarding. You might not see it right now, but you will see it in your children. You might not see it right now, but you will see it in your health. You might not see it right now, but you will see it somewhere in your life. I remember a preacher had a guy come to him. He said, Pastor, 
I don't see the Lord working in my life. And you know, the pastor said, really? He said, man, you're so blessed. You got a brand new home. You got a great wife. You got a great family. Your business is booming. He goes, no, God don't work. He goes, okay. He goes, could you pray for me? I said, I, and he said, yeah, I will. He said, Lord, take away everything. <laughs> everything that he has so that he can realize how blessed. He goes, no, don't pray that. <laughs> you see, sometimes we look at our life and we don't see the blessing. And I'm one of those. Remember what I tell you, if I'm pointing fingers at you, there's three pointing at me. And I'm one of those that, you know what, I'm a pastor, but I'm transparent in that. You say that we all struggle with self. We all struggle with our own wants and our own desire. We struggle with saying God, and we're trying to compare. But when you are at your best, nobody can compete with you. Because God has trained you and developed you into the person that you are because he has a plan and a purpose for your life. I never thought I was going to be who I am or do what I'm doing. That's crazy to me because I felt the least qualified. But yet God still knew what he was doing and all I had to do was trust. Will you trust him with your life? Will you trust him to say, I got you. I'm not going to leave you because I brought you here. I'm not going to leave you. You know, sometimes we are so disappointed because we see God not answering the way we are. But the reality is, it's because we are so blinded by what people say. And we are so blinded by the comparison of our life to someone else. But God says that, I love you. Will you trust me with your life? You know, there's a story about a man who was a drug addict, heroin. He was messed up. And he called the pastor on the phone and he said, you know what? He's trying to tell him, he said, I'm going to kill myself because my, my life is worthless. I've done all these things. I was a heroin addict. I'm a heroin addict, a cocaine addict. Uh, you know, I have no education. I just ran around, cheated on my wife. All these crazy things. He goes, my life, I don't even want my life. I'm going to end it. And the pastor said, wait, wait, wait. Will you come see me? And he said, why? He goes, because if you don't want your life, I know someone who does. And he said, really? He would want this stinking life full of drugs and addictions and fornication and adultery and bad mouth and drinking. And all that. he goes, yeah, there is a person that wants your life even if you don't. And he said, really? And he goes, not only does he want your life, he has already paid for it with his own blood. Were you willing to give? And that man says, really? He would change your life if you give him your life. He goes, fine, I'll give him my life. And today, he's one of the greatest evangelists living today, and his name is Todd White. He wears dreads, a white man with dreads. <laughs> Go figure. And he's healed, and God's used him to reach nations. Brothers and sisters, I, what can God do? if we're willing to take second. Not my will, but thine be done. What are you willing to do when you can put away your own wants and say, God, I'm willing to take second? 
What can you do when you can build, have this church and there's people would come? And I know that it's so easy just to click on the, uh, your, your smartphone or your pa tablet and just watch. But what would you do when your presence in someone's life would change them forever? What would you do when a child would come to you and they don't have a parent or a mother or caring and that, that you would just be with them, allow them and cook for them and be their mom or be their father? What would that do to that young man? Are you willing to take second and not just about your... You know, I remember growing up, I ever go over some family's homes and they would put plastic over their furniture. You ever, you ever had that? And I would just stare at that couch. They had plastic and they would allow nobody to sit on. I've never seen anybody sit on the couch. And what they don't realize is when they weren't home and weren't looking, I was jumping on that couch. It was me. And what I realized is that couch was rotting every day and nobody was blessed to enjoy what it was made for. And see, when, when we cover ourselves in our own comfort, nobody gets blessed. Nobody gets blessed because of the beauty that is in you. Aren't you better than a couch? But see, we wrap ourselves in hurt. We wrap ourselves in cultural differences. We wrap ourselves in, well, I bet, you know what? Uh, we, we wrapped ourselves in religious things. We, we wrap ourselves because of the, the culture we came up, the color of our skin. We wrap ourselves in political uh, uh, differences. We wrap ourselves in hurt and pain. We wrap ourselves because we want to preserve. And just like that couch, did you know that eventually they had to throw that couch away anyway? Nobody wants to sit on a couch. It didn't even match the decoration because it's out of style. <laughs> that what used to be in 30 years ago ain't in anymore, man. And what I realize is so many people, we ourselves wrap ourselves in all kinds of things because we want yeah. to preserve ourselves first. That's why we don't give as we should. That's why we don't sow into the kingdom like we should. That's why we, we're, not, we're so worried about us first. But God says, I wasn't worried about me. I was worried about you. And that's why the Bible says that he, he was rich and he became poor so that through him we can become rich. Like, wow, he had to get stepped on so I can be rich. Wow, that's the word. Now, anybody tell you being a Christian you can't be rich? That's unbiblical. I just want to tell you. And I'm not a, I'm not a prosperity preacher, whatever that is. But that scripture just proved it to you. The Bible literally says that. He who was rich became poor, and through him we can become rich. And people always say to me, oh, you know, being a Christian is poor. I looked it up. I researched. There's no good thing of being poor, man. I was born in a third world country. Believe me, being poor ain't no good thing. And even the poor, they never say it's a good thing. No rich man says being poor is good. 
And no poor man said being poor is good either. That's why, <laughs> I'm so sorry. We wrap ourselves in these things because we want to preserve. But how about taking off past hurts, taking off disappointments, taking off unforgiveness, taking off anger, bitterness, taking off failures and putting on and saying, Lord, I'm willing to take second. I'm willing to live by the spirit, that's second. Not by my flesh, because the flesh is going to die. I'm willing to be second in the spirit. See, the Bible says this, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And look at what he said. It doesn't just stop there. Who do not walk by the flesh, which is first. Isn't that funny? He says that Romans 8.1. Therefore, now, no condemnation who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh. Why didn't he say the spirit first? It's because why? The spirit was the second part. It says that what? Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That's why it's always about living inside out and not outside in. The Spirit is what changes things. The Spirit is what changes your mind. The Spirit is what changes your life. The spiritual things of God. That's why the Holy Spirit lives in you. Because He's trying to get through to you. Oh. Let us stand. Let us stand. You know, I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I don't need to know. But if you don't know Christ, or maybe you've known Christ, you know what? Sometimes when I was raised as a Buddhist, there were so many sacrifices we did that was just, guys, oh, if you do this, I'll shave my head. We would offer fruit to idols. But you know, in God, it's as simple as saying, Lord Jesus, come into my life. You know, when you are raised in a religion where there has to be physical things and God, and when I came to Christ, it's almost too easy, but it's not because he paid the price upon the cross. So I don't know where you are. I know many people watch me. I don't know where you are. And maybe you came across this video and say, you know what? I want to receive Jesus. I want to walk with him. I want to take second. I don't want first anymore because I was, it was everything was I, I, I. Everything is I. See, first has an I, second doesn't. I want to be second, meaning, God, you be first in my life. And you guide me by the Spirit. If that's you today, I'll just want you to raise your hand and say, I want to receive Jesus. And it's a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer. Raise your hand if you want to receive Jesus today. It's just a simple prayer. Those that are watching, pray this prayer with me. You could join me today here. Lord Jesus, I know that you're perfect. You came down and died upon the cross. 
by the shedding of your blood, I am clean of my sins. I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I renounce all other gods. You are my God. Help me, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Is there anybody else that we open the altars to you? Just take a few moments. There's some of you that probably need to lay some things down at the altar. Hey, there's no judgment here. Lay it down at the altar. There's no condemnation. God didn't say, oh, you're so bad. No, just lay it down. Say, God, I want to be better. I want to do more. I want to be second. I want to take second. I tried it my way. I was first. But let me prefer you. If that's you, if you just want to spend a few minutes with the Lord while Pastor Jeremiah plays, please, the altars are open. Come forward. If you need prayer, we want to be in prayer with you. Let's take a few moments. I'll come back and close. The altars are open.